0: We interrupt this podcast with a message from our sponsor.
1: There's only one place to go for all your underwear and underwire needs. Where everything is pink and everyone is lifted up. Come to. To pick out your favorite undies to wear day to day or that one lacy contraption to wear for your boyfriend when you liaise in his guest room or even a pair of green bikini cuts with strawberries for your dead grandma. Our expert customer service representatives will help you find
0: whatever you need, even if what you need is to process the death of a woman that you had a very fraught relationship with. We will keep a straight face as you wonder what she's got going
1: on under those blousy black dresses. Really, don't sweat it. If there's one place in the world to have an emotional breakdown, it's in underwire heaven. The pink and white striped walls of Richard are calming, while also being invigorating and, dare we say it, spicy. What are you waiting for? Head out to the mall and remind yourself of the unrealistic beauty standards of models and Photoshop by stopping by Pick out those undies, try on that pokey underwire, unload your emotional baggage.
0: Listeners of Talking Fast
1: will get something truly
0: special. You'll be automatically subscribed to all of marketing emails. There may even be a 5% discount on perfume hidden at the bottom of one of those emails. Which one? Who knows?
1: Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show excited to rewatch and recap it along the way.
0: This week we are recapping Gilmore Girls season 4 episode 16 titled The Raining Lorelei the Netflix bio for this episode is Richard is devastated by a sudden loss. Emily receives a shock when she discovers an old letter that was written to Richard. Dun dun dun. They really
1: try to avoid saying tricks in that description.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah they should have just said
1: sweetie dies.
0: That's a fake
1: out you know. Poor sweetie. (laughs) Well before we get going we got a We have a great review to read to you all that was sent to us this week. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And don't forget, if you'd like us to read your review, just uh, post it on Apple Podcasts. So this one's from from Lindsay. She says, I love all your episodes. They are so, so, so good. I, too, have watched this show so many times and appreciate the discussion so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lindsay. It is the perfect comfort show.
0: Yeah. I... I'm glad you like our discussion. I like it too. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) I really like doing the week by week, episode by episode watch, but I am almost also looking forward to when we finish and I can do like a real binge watch of Gilmore Girls again. That'll be a couple years from now. (laughs) Yeah,
0: like Lindsay's talking about like watching it so many times and I'm thinking Mm -hmm. like I feel like I don't do that anymore, you know, like I I used to. I, but I do it in a different way, which is like the close yeah. analysis of one episode per week. Sometimes, like, even watching it more than just once to like go back and find things mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Like, I, yeah, our relationship with the show is forever changed, probably.
1: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Can't go back. No, but,
0: but it's we fun. can only go forward. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, thank you for that review. Now, on to our big picture thoughts of this episode how do you feel about it Suzanne
1: um I don't know like I can't say that this episode is bad or that I dislike it but I also can't say that I particularly like it it's just kind of like a a there episode for me there are some standout moments but I don't know it's you know a funeral sad <laughs> we aren't really talking about any of the storylines that we've talked about for the past few episodes. So yeah, I don't know, you know, it's a, an interesting, and it's, it is necessary. I think for the show overall to have like episodes like this that are just kind of almost real life inserts Mm. of what could happen and stuff. Yeah. What did you think? I actually felt pretty
0: positively about it and I didn't remember that it was going to happen in this way. Like, Once I started to watch the Emily stuff like it all clicked for me and I actually found myself having deja vu of like these were scenes that I really remembered clearly Mm -hmm. but it was so foggy until we got until I was watching the episode and I think to your point about it not as related to some of the plots like I think we've had a lot maybe of like plot driven stuff recently and this one definitely Mm -hmm. does feel character driven in a way that that's true I find quite interesting with Richard and Emily's characters and you're right like this is what we can have when we're with like a 22 episode season type of show Mm -hmm. um so yeah I I think I felt pretty good about it And I'm excited to talk about some, like, iconic Emily (laughs) scenes.
1: She was the star, for sure. Yeah. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Okay. But before we get into our detailed recap, we are going to do our Talking Fast segment. And as a reminder, we have switched to a model where only one of us talks fast. And this week, it is Suzanne. So I will pull up my timer. (laughs) Okay.
1: On your mark, get set, go. Go. So we start off the episode with death. Emily's friend has died. We also then see that Luke and Nicole are continuing to fight. Nicole thinks it's funny that Luke thinks that they still have an R place, which is, uh, yeah, I agree. And then Trix dies. Emily has to set up the funeral and everything, but she finds a letter from Trix to Richard on their wedding, eve, their wedding, saying she doesn't want Richard to marry Emily, and then Emily decides to stop doing anything, and Lorelai has to pick up the pieces and put the uh, funeral together, and, uh... That was pretty good, though. Okay. <laughs> you got quite a lot in there. Yeah. Yeah. With a character-driven episode, like you said, the plot isn't as <laughs> yeah. hard to remember. Yeah. I think you hit the highlights though
0: um let's see anything else really to mention before we go I have, there's a lot about like different stuff Lorelei ends up doing once she takes mm-hmm. over the planning and there's also some of the some Roy stuff going on as a sort of like B or C plot where she's at the Yale Daily News again like oh remember the newspaper we're here again <laughs> so but yeah I think you the broad strokes so
1: I think we're ready to go nice slow down. (laughs) So we start at a Friday night dinner and I gave right off the bat Emily my Lorelai's closet for this episode with this outfit that she's wearing. Green is my favorite color and she's wearing like a dark forest green Mm. classic Emily blouse with like the shoulder pads and everything and black uh black maybe a black velvet trim I don't know but it looked awesome if I were a Woman in my sixties who had to dress up. I would wear this. Yeah, my (laughs) I suppose
0: my Lorelai's closet is also green.
1: I'll give a little Hmm. spoiler, but it's not this. I wonder what that could be. be? (laughs) We also get some sad news and a continuation of the like really heartbreaking Emily and Richard plot that's been going on Mm -hmm. with Emily's friend Sweetie has died there's a little bit of banter with Lorelai trying to figure out why she's called Sweetie. I gave that my just
0: sass tag, actually, Emily's response to Lorelai, who is very insistent on wanting to hear, you know, a funny story of why Sweetie is called Sweetie. And Emily, at first, is like, well, she was sweet in nature, I guess. And Lorelai (laughs) doesn't seem impressed. So Emily goes on kind of a diatribe of like, fine, if you want to hear an amusing story, about my friend who just died and her name, like, here you go. And she invents, like, a long tale about a fictional backstory for Sweetie. And it's quite hilarious. And there, it just goes on, kind of. And there's, like, shots of different, like, Richard just is drinking while she's, like, he takes a, I don't know, he's just eating. Like, they're all kind of just sitting there. Lorelai, like, looks like she has regret. Rory looks uncomfortable. <laughs> and I think what i wanted to highlight about this in particular is like how like sassy and funny emily can be even when she hasn't Mm -hmm. like had a break you know like later on she'll be quite sarcastic and funny but it's like she's also like this when she's quote unquote normal so uh yeah Yeah. i enjoyed her commitment to the bit here
1: (laughs) yeah sweetie was apparently one of her oldest friends and this makes it all the worse when richard asks if he could potentially skip the funeral because Jason has set up some plans with clients Mm. and Richard does not pick up on Emily's kind of defeated yeah okay whatever (laughs) uh response to him saying this it's just sad it was almost a blink and you miss it
0: moment at the end Mm -hmm. of the scene but it really was like a follow-up from last week's episode in a good way Mm -hmm. and i was like really upset with richard but i was also starting to get a little peeved with emily just like a small iota of peeved because when he says how important is it for me to be at the funeral she says oh not important at all and to be clear like anyone could sense that she doesn't mean that you know and it's richard's fault that he doesn't Mm -hmm. recognize that but it's also like on emily for not openly communicating her expectations and needs right (laughs) like That's true. I'm kind of like Emily, you could say it actually is important. um, But I know that like at the heart of it, it's like the real problem is that he would ask that at all, you know, that Mm -hmm. he wouldn't support her from the get go. And it speaks to like larger problems in the relationship. But it also speaks to like their communication too and how Mm -hmm. passive aggressive answers aren't going to help you any. They're not going to help you.
1: Yeah. 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 They're not going to get you what you want. Mm -hmm. They're just going to make you even more bitter that you don't get it. Yeah. (laughs) But after this, we go to Luke's where we get a quick scene with Lane placating Kirk, who is being a typical Kirk in the diner, complaining about things. And also Lorelai comes in. She wants, but she wants Luke to cook something for her. Luke is not there. Because he is outside, or upstairs. No, he's outside at this point. Mm. He's outside. They, like, have a marathon fight throughout this whole episode. Yeah. But he's outside fighting with Nicole. Who we see and... again. Finally. Yeah. It's been so long. long her? His wife. <laughs> <laughs> and Kirk uh, interprets lip reads for Lorelai. And it's pretty hilarious. I didn't write down any of the things that he said, because it's all just gibberish. Mm-hmm. But I loved it. That was a very Kirk moment, and I think that was my stars. Ho- yeah, that was my mm-hmm. stars hollow moment. Was Kirk interpreting lip reading for Luke and Nicole as they fought outside in the town square?
0: Yeah, I liked that addition, and I liked how wrong he was. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I placed a Friday Night Dinner Part One in the scene, mm-hmm. and in just a couple scenes, I'll have Part Two. I. Feel like I saw a similar problem in both in two of these scenes that I noticed and in this one like the overall the general critique is like the habit the writers have of not following up on a storyline that they set up or maybe not effectively or kind of just like bringing it Mm -hmm. back up all of a sudden and expecting us to not like want to have known what was going on before that so essentially it's like the Luke and Nicole on the bench fighting and it's like we just don't get any information about Nicole like what has she been doing what has their relationship yeah. been what are they even fighting about like yeah we don't even get to hear the fight like they're really just denying us quite a lot of information and yet I have this feeling that they expect us to care, you know? Like, we're supposed to be Mm -hmm. invested in either and, like, wanting them to be together or wanting them to break up. Like, what do they kind of want us to, like, root for or want from this? Like, but what we get is just, like, nothing. And now it's, like, Nicole's back. So we, like, it's kind of an update, but kind of not at the same time.
1: Yeah. It's almost like they're... I mean, I don't think almost. I think this is what they're doing. They're trying to just make us ship Lorelai and Luke mm-hmm. so much harder because we see how bad it is with Luke and Nicole and we want them to break up but yeah we, like why yeah. what's wrong with Nicole what is what's happened yeah I,
0: and if it's like if they were doing that and kind of scapegoating their relationship just I'd like to see more of it you know like maybe mm-hmm. I wouldn't yeah. uh, like it maybe I wouldn't like it as a story device but at least I would like know what was going on like let's see them fight Mm -hmm. let's hear what they're fighting about like let's see them have conflict like um instead of just like dropping this in and you're right because it's like the fact that we can't even like hear what they're discussing and later on when we do it's so vague of like i want to talk i don't want to talk okay i'm leaving like we don't really get details at all. That makes it seem so much more of like staging the end of Luke and mm-hmm. Nicole just because it's like what they need now but to move the story forward.
1: Yeah. She has that blonde hair again too, so like I know. She's a got, different like the Nicole. perfect Yeah. She got the perfect like early 2000s flipped out haircut. I wanted that so bad when I was younger, but <laughs> it takes so much work to make it flip in the right direction. Mm. I feel that. It never worked. Yeah. never worked. I don't like to do much to my hair, so. Me either.
0: I'm a (gasps) brush and go kind of girl. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Same. I'm like, I've,
0: I've been blessed with like flat hair, you know, for the most part. So it does work
1: for me in that way to be minimal. I don't even brush my hair because I need it to have some volume. If I brush it, it'll just kind of become a helmet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So, uh, you know. Yeah. So, returning Anyways. to
0: our show, meanwhile at Yale, we are back at the Yale Daily News. We haven't been there, I think, since they were doing their initiation thing where they were wearing the oh, paper yeah. hats, and Paris was like um ditching it for Asher and whatnot. Yeah. I believe that was the last time we were there, so it was good to see it again and to like remember what Roy has going on in her life that she is a part of the Mm -hmm. paper and it seems like she is working on a piece and Doyle is worried about chat (laughs) GPT or wait no he's just worried about plagiarism (laughs) (laughs) yeah he said like especially now we have to be careful so I imagine there was some kind of like plagiarism newspaper scandal at the time but I do apologize I forgot to google it so if anyone knows the cultural context please let us know but he's giving Rory a hard time for things that in my my professional opinion are not plagiarism she's using just common Mm -hmm. phrases like rain soaked road I believe was one of them and she even makes the point of like these are just phrases that you use to describe things they aren't even cliches like she says shouting fire in a movie theater because that's what he when she says the word plagiarism he's like you can't say that in a newspaper office and so (laughs) she's like making a good point of like I'm not even using cliches like these are just common phrases and I'm on Mm -hmm. her side with this um but her good old friend Glenn at the next desk over seems to think (laughs) that this is just her being like the guy the person Doyle's picking on that week so like Glenn has been the one we've seen Doyle pick on Glenn a lot and so Glenn seems to think that Rory is now holding that position. We'll see if that mm. turns out to be true or not. But
1: yeah, just a yeah. little scene at <laughs> the paper. I did have my Rory's bookshelf in this scene. <laughs> uh, when Doyle is complaining about how like you can't talk about plagiarism in a newsroom, mm-hmm. he says that pretty soon they'll have Tobey Maguire playing him <laughs> in a, a, a movie about the Yale Daily News. And so I... Uh, did a little bit of looking up about Tobey Maguire. Obviously, it. I know who that is. But he... So, Spider-Man came out... The first Spider-Man movie came out in 2002. So, this was probably coming out, like, right around Spider-Man 2. So, he mm-hmm. was, like, the it boy yeah. at the time. I remember he was, like, the Timothy Chalamet or whatever <laughs> <laughs> of current day. Like, the big star because those spider-man movies were so big the first two when they came out the third one was the first movie i ever walked out of the theater for wait it was, it was which terrible. one did you walk out on <laughs> the third spider-man movie <laughs> that's so so with funny. um like the i forget the guy who plays eric in that 70s show oh his, topher he, grace yeah venom yeah <laughs> i rewatched it and now i find it funny right. but at the time i was just like i take I was taking Spider Man a little bit too seriously. <laughs> yeah, and
0: I I think that's fair as a viewer if they lead you to expect that through like the first movie. Um, yeah, yeah. I've heard <laughs> this the like Tobey Maguire as a Timothy Chalamet type. I've heard that described as white boy of the week. Yeah, uh, so I think that's I exactly think he was right. the white boy of the week. <laughs> and like yeah. right now, yep. we've got like Jacob Lordy and barry oh, something yeah. irish Keegan. Yeah, yeah thank you and the guy who's on the bear um jeremy something yeah jeremy allen Khaled yeah white. those are our yeah. white boys of the week right now and i like all of
1: them so it's you know it's yeah. nice <laughs> i also have to say i've seen toby toby mcguire in person really uh so i grew up in los alamos new mexico and we're you know famously oppenheimer uh was set there oh. um but also there was a movie that came out like i don't know maybe 2006 or something with toby mcguire and natalie portman that was oh. filmed there and there's like this kind of pond in the downtown downtown like this town center mm-hmm. area and my friends and i used to hang out there after school and smoke and cause trouble nice and they were filming there and They allowed us to stay near the pond as long as we weren't in the camera sites, but (laughs) eventually we were too loud. Yeah. And they had to cut, they had to like reshoot a whole scene because of us. So I like to think that Natalie Portman. And Toby Maguire hold a bitterness towards me. Yeah, they were probably like <laughs> tired, you know? They were yeah, like, they're, they're stupid working kids. <laughs> 12 a
0: day hours or something. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, isn't it kind of funny though to think like something you did affected like Natalie Portman's life? Like, I know. Not, like, yeah, I would never crazy. believe I could like do something that would change what Natalie Portman has to do. But in that moment, you did. Yeah. That's kind of powerful.
1: Yeah. That's maybe it was cool. the reason she like didn't go to sleep on time that night or something. <laughs> maybe they lost lost the light right after that. You know? Ooh. <laughs> had to come back the next
0: day. Seriously. That's cool. I love a good celebrity sighting. And oh yeah. Spider-Man is like my favorite superhero, so I'm especially oh, I really? think that's cool. And I'm a I... big Natalie Portman fan too. Like oh,
1: yeah. Padme, you know, and amongst other yeah. roles. Yeah. I just watched that May December movie on Netflix. Yeah. It was disturbing. It was good, but (laughs) But disturbing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Moving on, we have a scene at Sookie's where there's an in-meeting. So Michelle is there, and he is trying to record um, a dog show that apparently he can't get on his own TV, so he was trying to record on hers. And he has some cute little baby talk for the uh, Chow's. Just because he has those two chows. Mm -hmm. I wish we got to see them more. Um, But during this meeting, we also get the big moment for the episode, which is a phone call from Emily. And Emily kind of nonchalantly says (laughs) that Trix is gone. She has Mm -hmm. passed away. She had a heart attack of some sort. And she's dead. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I thought that this was like the first big Emily moment because she did seem I mean she seemed like she was trying to act sad maybe or trying to I don't know she just didn't seem too bothered yeah she seemed she was more bothered with all the stuff that she had to do which makes sense with how Trix has treated her forever you know yeah I think she definitely seemed more overwhelmed
0: by the burden Mm -hmm. of you know um, all of the planning that has fall fallen on her shoulders. But then also, like, the emotional distress that Richard is in is mm-hmm. a distress for her as well by proximity. So, yeah, that's definitely what I got. And she did kind of, like, say it without, like, I don't know. I feel like when you get those phone calls, you the person might, you know, like, like what Lorelei does later, she kind of hedges it. Yeah. So Rory knows that, like, this will be bad news. But Emily is just like... Your grandmother is gone. <laughs> like, yeah, we're like just in the middle of a meeting, you know, um, and Emily then starts going on about turtleneck soup and how Richard keeps saying turtleneck soup, and <laughs> we learn eventually. So he okay, thinks maybe he means mock turtle soup. Turtle mo- mock turtle soup. Yeah, apparently mock is a thing. Soup.
1: I forgot to look that up.
0: Yeah, I need to look up if Eating Gilmore ever did something with the soup. I bet she did. Yeah. Um, so the scene, it kind of devolves into Lorelai deciding to go check on Emily. Sookie will make the soup. And Michelle will offer Lorelai a hug, which they say was weird and agreed to never do it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you find info on the soup? Yeah, let me pull up a recipe. So... It looks like it's a pretty hearty soup. It's got beef um, instead of turtle. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the mock.
0: So it's saying it's like turtle. Okay.
1: It's got beef and hard-boiled eggs, according to this recipe, onion, and tomato stuff. Uh, I don't know. That sounds like a very hearty, definitely. Um, Yeah, warming, comforting, I suppose. I don't know if I've ever had eggs in a soup that wasn't like a specifically like egg drop soup or something. Or like a... Or like ramen. Where it's kind of scrambled in there. Yeah. Me either. This seems different. I don't think I would like it. I would try it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Before we move on, I did want to note that the second half of my Friday night dinner critique was in this scene. Um, Not necessarily like in the scene, but when we see it opens with like Suki and Lorelai, just they seem to be... Friendly, happy, working together. And if you recall, (laughs) the last scene we saw with them was like a major fight about um, Sookie like sleeping through the meeting where she had to approve the sink that was then sent Mm -hmm. back to Canada. And they both said some, um, well, they were just like both left it very unresolved. And it was like pertaining to how their relationship will function in terms of the business. Like it just seemed very important to me. (laughs) And it's mm-hmm. like it never happened in this episode right so that is just annoying and that is the kind of completion of my like they like please don't drop storylines critique yeah. essentially like they kept up with the emily and richard so i do want to say like props where props are due like i they kept it up like they this scene is really a really good continuation and sort of like resolution at least a bit for now of the emily and richard thing so like Maybe they were juggling three balls and they could only catch one. I don't know, but...
1: You could also add that critique to the stuff at the Yale Daily News, Mm because recently Rory was, like, having a breakdown over how much work she had to do. Yeah. And here we see her also at the Daily News, and it's like, she seems fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, like... That's a good point. Where's Paris as well like yeah I, what about this asher stuff
0: yeah what's going on with asher there's just yeah some things missing I mean, some pieces of the puzzle are missing
1: yeah i guess you can't i mean you can't address everything in every episode but at mm-hmm. least when there's a big blow up or something address it yeah yeah but the next uh scene we get to we're back at the gilmore's house And Lorelai showing up and Emily is kind of frantically trying to track down all these people that Trix had wanted to be involved in her funeral when she had planned it like 10 years ago. (laughs) So, um, like the pastor or I forget what, what, uh, they're called rectors or whatever. Reverend, I think they said. Reverend, yeah. Okay. He is retired, hard to track down. The like palm bearers are now old or whatever. Deceased I don't remember. A or... Yeah, so it's you know update your funeral p- funeral plans if you're going to be pretty particular. about things. I yeah,
0: I actually wanted to ask you if you left instructions for your funeral. Does anything come to mind about like what you would include? Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I do have a document that I have like. A Google Doc that I have my parents and like some other family members on in case anything ever happens to me I wrote it during COVID oh wow <laughs> so that so that people would know how to take care of my cats oh you <laughs> actually do happened. have this
0: you actually did write instructions. Yeah. okay so it's like mostly cat related
1: which is yeah. important as yeah. far as funeral stuff I also left information on how to get my life insurance and pay off my debts (laughs) but for funeral stuff I think I just put I would like to be cremated yeah uh yeah I don't really I don't have anything particular you know do you have any particular funeral plans
0: um not in not really I do know that um (laughs) my my partner and I were Um, coming like back from a funeral semi recently so it was Mm -hmm. on the mind you know and we're talking about like the rendition of Amazing Grace that was played and like how it's a very common and great song for a funeral and so then um, Freebird was on the radio and my partner said he would for request that free bird be played at his funeral and it would just be a really funny bit because it's notoriously a super long song so like everybody mm-hmm. would just be sitting there like you're kind of like you know emotional and serious and whatnot but like I think it would bring a good laugh as well eventually so <laughs> I think something like that like I would like to bring in some lightheartedness or like so maybe a funny mm-hmm. song or something like that um But yeah, I think I want to be cremated and then buried probably or something like that. But I don't like the idea of like deteriorating in the ground for the bugs to eat on, even Mm -hmm. though maybe that's the eco way to do it. I'm
1: not really sure. But but yeah, I don't know if I were to be buried, I'd want to be buried in a no coffin or wooden coffin. So I do actually deteriorate Mm, instead of just like being stuck in this sealed coffin full of. Formaldehyde and stuff Ugh. and my body just kind of bloating and becoming soup in this coffin oh, that never never opens and yeah, anyways. I,
0: should move on. <laughs> I that kind of defeats my second question, which is like, would you like to be buried with anything, you know, of your like belongings oh, no. or would you like fresh clothes or you know, all these things? Like tricks just thought of so many different details yeah like I think I'd like no. to like go in I
1: don't know my sweatpants or something like yeah I want to be cozy in the
0: afterlife maybe
1: a, a good I book <laughs> I don't think I'd even want an open casket I just like mm-hmm. when I'm dead just let me be dead uh, you yeah. know yeah yeah but I don't know <laughs>
0: Mary may Perry the platypus pillow pet maybe could come with me
1: <laughs> wow <laughs> all right
0: so uh yeah I was just curious you know sometimes you think about death and things um and on that note richard is having a hard time understandably with the passing of his Mm -hmm. mother and this is another good follow-up and one that i i had kind of forgotten about richard expresses that he's like left with regret because Mm -hmm. the last time he talked to her apparently was that scene that we saw where they were arguing and he is saying like um he was really disrespectful in the final moments and he said like I spoke to her as if I owed her nothing and I thought that was like a fairly like profound way to describe Mm -hmm. um I don't know I just thought that was like very respectful way to think about her and he'd been talking about all the things she did for their family and whatnot and he then says to Lorelai you only have one set of parents Lorelai remember that and I thought that was also pretty deep and it speaks to the question of like what do you owe people you know and do you owe things mm-hmm. to people and um yeah and Lorelai's complicated relationship with her parents who like yeah I think are always thinking about what she owes them or at least thinking about what they did for her that she rejected and so I don't think it's as simple as like oh Lorelai should take this lesson and like respect her parents mm-hmm. a lot more because uh, I feel like that's probably what Richard kind of intends behind those words not that he like premeditated that piece of advice or anything but like it's also it's not just that simple like yeah sure she does have one set of parents only but like they're part of that equation too of the relationship Mm -hmm. that they have you know but um yeah he's like surprisingly weepy like it's weird to see Richard like this he's normally quite stoic he's like weepy and drinking and emotional and it's um it's yeah different to see with him it's a different side
1: Mm -hmm yeah it's almost disconcerting he's so disheveled <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: well there's just like a tiny bit at the end of the scene when um Lor- like Lorelai goes out to get a spoon for Richard's soup that she brought from Sookie and then Richard comes out when she's talking to Emily and he's like upset because he's read the obituary for tricks and he's like uh he doesn't like it and Lorelei, or Emily Brita and it's a very like brief kind of thing like she mm-hmm. died she left like this is who's left behind etc and Richard is upset that they didn't include like a lot of the things that she did and in the next scene we'll also like well not quite in the next scene but later on when Rory is researching Trix's life like we learned that she did a lot of cool things that I didn't know mm-hmm. about like in this scene alone Richard mentions like they don't mention that she donated a whole maternity ward to this hospital i'm like damn that's pretty cool tricks like yeah you go girl um so this is just another thing that ends up added to emily's to-do list as well um i think is the main
1: point there yeah um thankfully though it gets taken off of her (laughs) to-do list pretty quickly because we go back to the to yale kind of we have a phone call between lorelei and rory and Rory's kind of freaking out well lorelei tells her the news and then rory is kind of Freaking out that she's not uh, more affected by it. Mm. She's not really sad. She didn't know tricks. She's worried that people will see her not crying at the funeral and judge her for that. Um, But then we get. uh, Is this. I keep confusing when things happen. I know. Is this when Roy. volunteers to do the obituary
0: no that is after once Lorelai takes charge but that is you know why it feels relevant here like eventually Rory will take over the task which I think is like a great thing that she's like well equipped to do
1: Mm -hmm. yeah a good option
0: I have related to Rory so much when she was talking about that like should I be crying I should feel more like being so Mm -hmm. self-conscious of like what you should or shouldn't like how you should like react to a certain situation and I've gone to a couple of funerals as an adult and it just feels so markedly different than when I went to some as a kid you know mm-hmm. I feel like as an adult I'm just so hyper aware of everything and you're like seeing people cry that you're not used to and you're just I'm just so aware of everyone's emotions and it's so weirdly social and it's like Mm -hmm. I don't it's like intimate but public at the same time it's like such a world it's like wild kind of and so I related to Rory of like oh my gosh how am I gonna seem how am I gonna feel how am I gonna all of that stuff like
1: yeah yeah and sometimes especially with like some grandparents or great-grandparents you really don't just like Rory like you really don't know them yeah so you I when like when my grandpa died I did know him when I was a kid, we went over there often, but like as an adult, I feel like <clears throat> we barely ever <laughs> interacted mm. or had any real get to know you moments, but at the funeral, I feel like I felt more sad for my mom, yeah, who was like saying goodbye to her dad. So I feel like that's where, I don't know, emotions can come in even if you don't know who's yeah. dead. I don't know, it's just weird. Funerals really are is. like the weirdest experiences. I agree. <laughs> Uh,
0: and interestingly we don't actually see the funeral in this episode despite all of it surrounding it we only get the wake really later on but but is fine yeah which is fine
1: (laughs) um after this we are back with emily who is going through all of trix's documents it looks like at in trix's basement or somewhere where she has all of her things stored yeah and Lorelai is attempting to help her but emily has a system um so she is taking the minimum amount of help from (laughs) Lorelai and we also find out during this Lorelai asks a bit about Trix's husband because I guess he died uh much earlier I think when Richard was like a young young man yeah apparently his name was Charles yeah Charles uh Gilmore and Trix's (laughs) Uh, maiden name is also Gilmore. (laughs) We find out that they were second cousins, which is awfully close, I think. Pretty close. Yeah. Um, And Emily gives a very rich white person explanation of they wanted (laughs) to keep the bloodlines close. I know. Like, what is this? Some vampire shit or something? We talked about this. (laughs) Like,
0: yeah, I feel like this came up for some reason in season one or earlier on like I don't we haven't talked about it in a while but like the whole Mm -hmm. obsession with like lineage and bloodlines and keeping it in the family and whatnot I thought it was like it was really funny and it allowed for a few different jokes about like inbreeding as you might call it like count your toes or something um later on Rory is like worried that there's some genetic (laughs) defect that's been passed on that she doesn't know about and so um Yeah, it's, I like this detail quite a lot. I think it's quite funny. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Just weird. Uh, I can't, I don't know if I have any, I'm sure I have second cousins that I just haven't really interacted with. Right, because, so they say like they would have the
0: same great grandpa, right? Yeah. So that means it's like
1: second cousins would be. So their grandparents were brothers and sisters.
0: Okay. (laughs) Weird. Yeah. A little too close for
1: comfort yeah um, but during all of this, we also get another turning point where Emily finds a letter that Trix had written to Richard. It ends up that it was written to him on the night before their wedding, and in this letter, Trix says that she uh wishes basically that Richard was marrying Penelope lot mm-hmm. um and we have a couple of or we have a listener comment about this. And one of our listeners who wrote in on Instagram said the letter was just horrible, like her. Tricks, I suppose. But I like the fact that Richard didn't listen Emil- uh, and married Emily. It proves that he truly loves her since the beginning. I think mm-hmm. that's 100% true. And that's what Lorelai tries to tell Emily later. But yeah, in this moment, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the letter is horrible like tricks mm-hmm. I,
0: I agree with this sister. <laughs> oh geez I like what does she say like well she also says Emily doesn't have the Gilmore stamina or spark like she's mm-hmm. just not a Gilmore is one of the major lines and that I feel like what just feels so it's so weird because it's like this is the Gilmore girls and like yeah Rory and Emily and Emily like I think of them as Gilmore's and so like we just enter the show or not like we enter the story and I'm like, clearly Emily is a Gilmore and like mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And it's like, what is
1: Trix's conception of a Gilmore? It must be something Related. different. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Someone. So, I was Yeah. I was trying to figure out is Penelope Lot maybe a second cousin of, of Richard's? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like why does she like Penelope Lot so much
0: more? Yeah. You know, she's blonde. Maybe Trix likes blondes. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. But the fact that Trix like saved the carbons as they called them, I wouldn't have known That's what so to call them. That's so messed up. Yeah, like yeah. why did she keep that in her records? Like
1: I know, like did proof she really that plan for Emily divorced. to read it? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I I gave Trix's letter my Friday night dinner for the episode. Um, I think I've said it in a few circumstances before, maybe with Lorelai and Dean, that families intervening and like interfering. In romantic relationships, unless somebody's in danger or, like, being seriously, like, misused or abused Mm -hmm. or something. I feel like interfering is just never okay. Um, It always leads to more problems, more, like, issues within the family and just tensions that don't need to be there. You don't have to like your family member's partner, but unless they're a terrible person you at least have to tolerate them and be nice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, well, And you might come around to them later
0: on. Maybe, maybe. I will, I also was though, thinking like, Trix could be the kind of person that you go no contact with though, you know? Yeah, that's like, true. <laughs> like I wouldn't blame Emily for that. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking about at the end where we have this big snapping moment from Emily where she announces she's done and essentially she doesn't want to spend all of her time and energy on someone who didn't want her in the family. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, I, I understand, like, I don't blame you for that. And you go girl, essentially.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 100%. (laughs) We have a couple other listener comments about Emily's about Taryn Bell read them when we come to a great scene in a few minutes
0: (laughs) yeah yeah this like
1: short scene before that
0: is the I think only negative repercussion of Emily deciding she's done organizing this funeral which is that now it's on Lorelai's shoulders Mm -hmm. (laughs) and once again like we recently had a whole episode about Lorelai feeling stressed and busy and now she's suddenly organizing Trix's funeral she's taking on the planning um and she's talking to Rory about this they're joking about the inbreeding a little bit um <laughs> and then it ends with Rory offering to rewrite the obituary like we mentioned mm-hmm. before which again i think is a good task for her um i do find it like a little ironic that they're talking about like what might have been passed down because that because we have you know some second cousins and who knows what else in the their line of history mm-hmm and um Rory's like oh it's our eyes or something but I'm like maybe it's like (laughs) self-centeredness I don't know like can we make the (sighs) can we make the claim of like all of the things people critique about the Gilmars could it be back because of (laughs) Tricks and Charles maybe we don't know you know
1: it's all because of inbreeding yeah (laughs) our next scene after this is I think an iconic scene Lorelai and Sookie show up and the foyer is like full of flowers and stuff and they find Emily lounging uh in the parlor drinking and smoking in the middle of the day in her silk dressing robe which I would love I would love to have that as well as Jason's dressing robe from a couple episodes ago. Yeah, we've had some good um, robes. <laughs> yeah. And she's reading a book for her book club. I didn't catch the title of it, but it sounded like a romance. I did catch it and I
0: did make it my Rory's bookshelf, but I think I'll wait on like the background um, so we can talk about the scene more. But yeah, I can, Okay. I, the book is interesting, but we can talk about it in a moment.
1: We did have two listeners who I think were, they wrote in about Emily's about face, but I think they were potentially thinking of this scene in, in particular. Mm-hmm. One says, uh, to be honest, my favorite portrayal of Emily, just absolutely unhinged and scathing quips 1,000 out of 10. Uh, (laughs) Agree. (laughs) Yeah, like, I think this could go in my, like, top
0: three Emily moments or top five. I don't know. It's hard, but it's up there for me as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's what this other listener said. Emily ceasing the funeral plans after reading the letter is my favorite Emily moment ever. And... Yeah, I feel like I agree, and I also feel like we complain a lot about the reboot, um, the Netflix reboot, mm-hmm. and if there is anything that I really liked about it, it was Emily's storyline, and yeah. I feel like it you can kind of see where they got it from with how she's reacting here. There's just totally. like how she deals with grief and changes and stuff like that. It's, I mean, she... She has her own way of doing it, I guess.
0: I also like that her way of kind of, like, rebelling in this moment is Mm -hmm. to just, like, embrace this life of leisure completely. And she's, like, she let the maid have the day off. Like, she's not, like, placing these funeral arrangements in the right place. Like, she's just reading and smoking and drinking. And, like, everything (laughs) was falling apart around her because of it. And it just, like when she stops doing the work that is quote-unquote invisible kind of work, you know, it makes it so visible, like, the fact that mm-hmm. she has and, like, the fact that Trix's funeral would not happen if Lorelai hadn't stepped up once Emily stepped down. It's, like, I don't know. The uh, R- Unfortunately, Richard's too busy grieving to really notice, I think, but, mm-hmm. like, it relates, I think, to the fight where it's, like, when he's not respecting Emily or noticing what she does, it's, like, this is an example and so i just yeah i don't know i think i love seeing her go to the other extreme of like totally just like
1: embracing almost like a nihilism of sorts Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that reminds me of a great boy genius song um but we also get a scene with jason who we haven't seen for a while oh yeah do you remember jason yeah (laughs) he's lorelei's beau they seem to be going strong i guess i guess yeah yeah he shows up with some stuff for richard to sign which to be honest i feel like maybe that could have waited a couple of days a little
0: inappropriate
1: (laughs) just forge his signature like (laughs) i know just get a he needs to have a signature stamp at this point anyways (laughs) um but he kind of comforts lorelei a little bit and he also uh goes in to see Richard and Richard just like who is a good six inches taller than Jason I would say just <laughs> collapses into Jason's shoulder sobbing. I loved that scene. Yeah. It's not something we ever see from Richard again, but it was just like the physical comedy of the of his grief. If you could say something like that, it's just great. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: like, you know, dark humor of sorts. And mm-hmm. it's funny that you describe Richard as disheveled earlier because I wrote in my notes that Jason is disheveled when he comes uh, away from the yeah. hug because he's like, yeah. he looks ruffled and he's very like <laughs> struck, like stricken. And he's mm-hmm. like, that was the hug that would never end. And Lorelai's is telling him like, we're a robe family now because... Richard was also wearing a robe, and I did make my, um, I thought I made, yeah, okay, I made my Lorelai's closet the robes of the episode. Primarily Emily's, like, silk beautiful robe, of course, but also Richard's robe. Um, They're, like, reacting in different ways, but they both went for the robe in the daytime, which is a... Something I go for, typically, I'm more of like a sweatshirt or a sweater person, but a robe has a certain comfort to it as well.
1: Yeah, I've never really been a robe person either, but I dream of of myself as a robe person. (laughs) You could become one
0: (laughs) in material reality if you so chose. (laughs) And after this, Jason mentions that he doesn't want to go to the funeral Mm -hmm. and that he... Like, kind of like we were talking about, he was talking about how funerals have so many emotions and they freak him out. And apparently he had this, like, period of time as a kid where they went to a lot of funerals at once. So he's kind of, like, traumatized, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I'm also, I mean, I guess, like, your business partner, Lorelai seems to think, like, he's supposed to go to the funeral because it's his business partner's mom. But I'm like, that is a little extended at that point I don't know like yeah I don't know I guess I was trying to decide if I was like if I felt it was okay for him to not go or not you know like or yeah. he could go to support
1: Lorelei at the very least but she didn't seem that bothered that he didn't want to go I don't know what yeah, did you think about it that's kind of what I was thinking if there was a reason for him to go it would be to support Lorelei, but I also feel like their relationship isn't at that point where mm-hmm he would be kind of expected to go for that. Yeah. But I also got, like, super autism vibes from his (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) description of going to a funeral. I was like, yeah, that's – that would also – yeah, that's rough. (laughs)
0: Definitely. Relatable. (laughs) Yeah. But I also wonder if it was another way for them, like, to plant the seed that Mm -hmm. they're about to break up, you know? Like, he's not Mm -hmm. going to this funeral. Yeah, Luke would totally go. Yeah, Luke would go, so – That's true. Poor Jason.
1: Yeah. He's relatable
0: in this moment as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've come around him. I think I just dislike the way he courts Lorelai. I don't like him. He's gross at the beginning. But at this point, I like him. I like, I think I have just like such positive and negative feelings
0: about him that they sort of cancel each other out to Mm -hmm. the point of like, yeah, yeah, he's fine. I think that's how I'll I'll feel by the end of the season, but we'll see ultimately what our decision is our ruling on Jason (laughs) yeah (laughs) I I did forget to mention that like a few of those listeners this scene was my gazebo moment the Emily portion of it in particular and I'll catch up a bit on the Rory's bookshelf because I her book was called crimson petal and the white which sounded like a, the ro- a romance or something like that mm-hmm. to me almost it sounded like an old book or whatnot but I looked it up and it turns out it was published in 2002 so mm-hmm. very much like Spider-Man it was big <laughs> around the time probably by someone named Michael Faber or Faber um and apparently the title is a reference to an Alfred Tennyson poem Lord Tennyson uh-huh. if you will <laughs> and uh-huh. the poem is called now sleeps the crimson petal and then the opening line is now sleeps the crimson petal now the white and it's about two women who are both like involved with this like rich guy or something like that and one huh. of them is like the Victorian ideal and she doesn't know anything about sex and things and then the other one is like the sex worker named sugar mm. and it's it sounds kind of complicated and dark actually yeah. Um so I don't know if I see it at the library maybe I'll pick it up but yeah. I I just wanted to look it up because I was quite curious like the type of book that a book club Emily's part of would read you know yeah and this seems like it's like a kind of classic sort of just like a typical fiction book that comes out and is big and people read and this mm-hmm. one has like a television adaptation apparently so
1: oh wow yeah it's a thing just that description is giving me man writes women who do sex uh vibes and i'm like wow uh, that sounds like it'll be a great book to read <laughs> yeah i don't know i
0: can't judge it without having read it quite yeah, yet no, i shouldn't either <laughs> but no i don't blame you for it of course like or are they gonna put on lotion and i remember that about mm-hmm. my nicholas sparks days he would always be like then she
1: applied lotion <laughs>
0: i don't know why do that men not to put me.
1: on lotion um apparently not Wow. How do they I mean their skin, you know? I think they're just dry.
0: I don't know actually.
1: Wow. That's a I feel like men need to start putting on lotion. Yeah. <laughs> I think Anyways. in general the
0: stereotype is that black people moisturize very well and they know all and about it. White people don't. And white people don't. And yeah. white people also don't wash their legs. Like I feel like I've heard oh. a lot of these facts on TikTok before. Yeah. Um so I
1: mean I feel like that's at least partially true. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Um, so then we have a quick scene at Yale again. At the Yale Daily News, of course. That's yeah. all the set they have for this for episode. our set this week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Doyle comes up. He's about to rag on Rory again about using uh, the newspaper resources for her own work, which I feel like is a legitimate comment, especially totally. um, since she should be doing yale daily news work but rory tells him that it's for her grandma's obituary and doyle i felt like had a very heartfelt moment here that we're supposed to laugh at um but he like he his grandma recently died and so he's like yeah keep go keep going keep doing it and then the funny part to me was when rory like broke down and she's like i didn't really know her yeah she can't handle the lie for like even yeah. a second really <laughs> But then Doyle to Glenn's chagrin says, well, this is your chance to get to know her. Keep going. Yeah. And poor Glenn. It was
0: like, I think what was kind of funny to me about this was when Doyle starts like responding to Rory, you don't know if he's like being serious or not because it Mm -hmm. is like a very serious emotional response. And at first I thought then he'd be like just kidding like get back to work mm-hmm. like you know like he was I thought he was like messing around with her but then it turns out it was like an earnest genuine reaction which you do not see all the time on Gilmore Girls you know like yeah true. it's more <laughs> of an irony sort of show and so um yeah and then he says like some pretty sweet things like um everyone should get to know their grandmother I'd be a poorer mm-hmm. man without knowing her. I'm like, "dang!" And like he was like very close with his grandma. I just thought that was so sweet. Um, yeah, so yeah, Rory oh, yeah. continues, I guess her work. um a couple of the other fun facts we learn about tricks here are that she cared for wounded soldiers after World War II, I believe, and that she studied at the Sorbonne and Oxford, and she met wow. three presidents, and one of them was Nixon, and apparently there's a photo of her frowning at him. It's <laughs> very fun. It's cool. Yeah, I'd like to see all those pictures. I agree. I, like, find it so hard to believe that if she'd done all of that, it wouldn't be in the obituary to begin with. Yeah. But,
1: hey. Also, wouldn't she be extremely... Let's see, if she tended to soldiers in World War II, she would have had to at least been 20. So she would have had to be born around 1920-ish. And this came out in 2000. So I guess... I guess she would have been in her 80s. I guess that's not that's not that old.
0: Yeah, Never my great grandpa <laughs> flew a plane in World War II and he died when I was in college, actually. He was like wow. super old in his 90s and whatnot. But yeah, so I think wow. it is possible in terms of the timeline. Yeah.
1: It just seems long ago.
0: I mean, obviously it was long ago. <laughs>
1: yeah. But
0: <laughs> Okay, moving forward, we are back at stars hollow at luke's and this is my stars hollow moment we open and his like diner is full of people who are all just like listening to him and nicole fight upstairs and miss patty comes in and they all like say shh like be quiet we're listening and it it's so stars hollow it's so like the town like acting like this is like a show or a musical like within Mm -hmm. their lives you know almost like the it's very funny And Luke, like, comes down in a huff. He's so angry. And he's, like, "Order to Miss Patty. And she's so flustered. (laughs) And they're all trying to, like, help her get her order through. And then Nicole comes down. And she's, like, I thought we were talking, Luke. And it's all very dramatic. And so then he storms out again. And she follows him. And they have, like, the fight that we kind of already covered earlier. They're just saying, like, we need to talk. I don't have anything to say. Okay, I don't have anything to say. She walks away are you going back to our place our place in like air quotes funny she says and then she leaves and so it's just like i don't know we don't even i've, I've said it all enough before about how i find this lacking but yeah
1: <laughs> just the whole storyline and i i know what comes next i have a vivid memory of it yeah and it's also kind of out of the blue because we just don't know what's been going on with them apart from it's not going well i guess yeah what should we what is
0: our answer of what's been going on with them to mm-hmm. the point of here i feel like you've said it before like they act like they're booty calls you know
1: yeah like so I bet, yeah i bet luke didn't tell nicole he had a sister and then nicole ran into liz at some Ooh. point and liz talked about luke and also lorelei mm. and so then nicole came to luke with like you didn't tell me you had a sister or that she was in town and what's going on with Lorelai? <laughs> yeah, I saw those earrings she has. They look incredible. How'd she get those yeah. earrings? Like
0: <laughs> I need to know the shop. <laughs> hmm.
1: Um
0: Yeah, I think that is a good that's a good option. Yeah. I think it's like also the last thing we kinda know is like that they were married, they were gonna get divorced, they decided not to get divorced and date instead. Then they supposedly got a place together. But we seem to think that Luke is never there. And Mm -hmm. he kind of, he even goes there and then comes back. So it's like, they must be having sex and stuff. But I, we don't get an indication of like, what do they want? Like, are both of them, Mm -hmm. clearly they don't, clearly something's amiss. It's it's like, does Nicole want it to be more serious? Does Luke want it to be more serious? Like, who wants it to be at booty call level? Who doesn't? Mm -hmm. Like, we don't know
1: yeah but they should just break up probably yeah we should write some fanfic (laughs) from nicole's perspective (laughs) yeah but the next scene is the day of the funeral we're at the gilmore's house and richard answers the door which is the first kind of sign that something's off there's no maid and he is kind of absent-minded just puttering around half ready for the funeral um Emily is at first nowhere to be found and then we find that she's still finishing up her book and she hands it to Lorelai to read. Yeah. She's still in her robe. She's still just like drunk. She sounds very drunk at this point. She says, I learned how to make mojitos today.
0: And this is like the morning too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The morning of a funeral. Yeah. I think what Is what she's wearing called, like, a Mew Mew? Maybe. Yeah. It was, like, kind of like a dress, but, like, silk robe material. I don't know. I just made a note of it because I've Mm. I've read about, like, Mew Mews before, but then I'm not sure what they are necessarily. So I I feel like this is that, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Anywho, but perhaps Lorelai is looking at this garment Emily's wearing and trying to think of how she would categorize it, and that leads her to remember She forgot to provide underwear for tricks. You know, she interpreted the, like, fresh clothes. She was like, I don't quite know what that means. But she thinks, like, it probably means a new clothes. So she did that. But she forgot to get her underwear. And Rory's like, nobody will know. I think I'd be on Rory's side here. Like, nobody would know. (laughs) Who cares about the propriety of it or whatever. But Lorelai... Mm -hmm. I think, like, clearly, as we'll see in the next scene when she has her own breakdown, I think is operating under a certain level of stress now herself and feels like, no, I have to get underwear. Like, all of this, I have to do it, you know? And so our next scene is her at the underwear (laughs) shop, perhaps a Victoria's Secret, perhaps, you know, a boutique, who knows? (laughs) But it's, like, covered in all kinds of bras and whatnot, very pink. Yeah, pink and, and did white you notice striped walls? how this, like, <laughs> worker, like, totally invades Lorelei's space? She, like, pops up right behind her. It almost looks yeah. like she almost, like, hugged her from behind or, like, tapped That's on her shoulder.
1: Cool. Ooh. I would have given, if a salesperson did that to me, I would have given, like, the most affronting grimace <laughs> that they would they would just back right <laughs> off.
0: I could see you, like, the glare. You, they would, a withering stare. They would, like, not, they wouldn't see to It chance. would be. It would be like instinctual, just like you touched me. Ugh. Ugh. I'm a very jumpy person, so I think I would probably just really jump or if I, I don't know, I have really sharp elbows, so maybe I could mm-hmm. throw an elbow, elbow.
1: Yeah, <laughs> give him a black eye. <laughs> I was seriously questioning Lorelai in her uh, decision to go to probably Victoria's Secret. Yeah. For underwear for a woman in her 80s about to be buried when just recently we had an episode at a department store yeah. where I'm sure they have underwear for women of Trix's age.
0: Yeah, you could get like underwear at like <laughs> a large grocery store or yeah, something even. Exactly. Like why yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, and she's f- looking at the bras too, like the lacy yeah. bras first, and then she doesn't even end up buying a
1: bra. So yeah. Huh. She gets like these bright green panties. I hate that word. I don't know why it makes me uncomfortable. Well,
0: Shannon, the employee, says like, Oh, we got these panties in or whatever. Yeah. I've never liked that word, but yeah. I suppose if people want to use it, that's fine. It just seems like a sexualized term for underwear, you know? And yeah. so if you're buying sexy underwear and you wanna be sexy about it, that's fine. But if you're just, like, buying undergarments, I think underwear is fine, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Or um, undies. I like undies. Undies is, is fine, yeah. As well. uh, yeah, that was my... Oh, I forgot. I did not make that my Lorelei's closet. I hinted oh. that I did before, but I ended up going with the robes. But I did note oh. the green with the strawberry pattern. I mm-hmm. think they're pretty cute. And they looked fairly, like, bikini style, too. It wasn't, like, a thong or anything, yeah. <laughs> which would be fairly inappropriate. Um, I'd be angry I, if someone buried me in a thong. I would
1: just be stuck with a wedgie for the rest of afterlife. Yeah. I imagine Trix would prefer to go commando than wear underwear with strawberries on it. That's just my thought. <laughs> yeah. I
0: wonder what her usual go-to was. Like, in theory, you would be able to know if they had, like, organized all of her things. Mm-hmm. maybe but it'd be really funny because she like kind of had a like a puritan and witch style of sorts yeah. but it'd be really funny if she was like wearing lacy stuff underneath
1: there <laughs> yeah i bet she wore like a pair of combinations or bloomers <laughs> oh, under bloomers. her dress <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> uh, maybe she still was rocking like a corset but not like a sexy one like yeah the like girls the wear to like clubs yeah. and
1: bars now but, but yeah <laughs> one for actual support <laughs> yeah during this scene, though, Lorelai kind of unloads all of her baggage onto this. Shana. uh yeah. Sh- oh, good, I didn't know her name. But she, like, talks about how, um, like, Trix was such a kind of formidable woman, and she didn't know her that well, but she also, I don't know, respected her. She, like, I don't know. It was just a whole bunch of Lorelai trying to deal with the fact that Trix is gone, but that... It's also impacting her relationship with her mom and her, mm-hmm. and how Richard is dealing with it. It was just a bunch of kind of just, yeah, just unloading every single thought that came into her mind. It's kind of hard to recap in a coherent way.
0: <laughs> right. Because it wasn't a coherent thing, you know, it is yeah. kind of just like unloading, like you said, of everything that has been on her shoulders now. And it made me like come back around on Shannon because at first I'd been annoyed by the Mm -hmm. like the approach from behind but then like Shannon is just like listening and doesn't really like react like she's just like oh we got this new stuff in over here like when Lorelai's done (laughs) so she played it pretty cool but Mm -hmm. this has been like quite like a time for the mall you know if the store is at the same (laughs) Place as a department store. Like, this is the second Gilmore that's had a rant in a store in the last, you know, two episodes. So they like an audience. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they filmed them around the same time. They maybe have. This store definitely felt like it could have been just like a set, you know, like somewhere or anywhere, whereas the mall felt very real.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they would make a set like this was Victoria's Secret the advertisements in the back had the Victoria's Secret font and everything and like the it had perfume bottles and everything it was a Victoria's Secret so I don't know why if they would make a set that was specific yeah I missed that like that yeah well good free advertising for them yeah (laughs) in the meantime Rory is helping Richard get ready, and I, I thought a very sweet moment. She has, like, printed off directions to tie a bow tie. It's like YouTube, and helping but, you him. know, before YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and she's helping him get that tied, and it's just very sweet. Uh, he, she offers, like, if he's going to get too emotional, giving uh, whatever his planned speech is, that she's happy to stand up there and take over for him. Which I thought was very nice. I couldn't imagine like trying to give a speech while like for one of my parents having that just it would be too much in front of people and then also emotional. I don't know.
0: I just thought that was so sweet of Rory and Richard is like oh I've got it. But then he kind of takes a second and he's like but if I do find myself you know getting mm-hmm. a little too emotional and Rory's like I got your back and it was like oh, I sweet. love their relationship you know. Yeah. And he also said at one point in the scene about how he got this like custom made suit for his father's funeral, but he was never able to wear it again because he just associated it with that. And so he says, this is probably going to be it for this suit too. Mm -hmm. And I like, I related to that as well because I like, I don't know, I remember like what I wore at funerals, you know, Mm -hmm. and some things I have reworn again. And sometimes I think about it, sometimes I don't, but it's like, yeah, it's just like the symbolic or emotional things you associate with clothes and funerals and things like that, I found to be a very, like, real sentiment here. That Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I feel
1: that. Yeah, that's true. Poor Richard. We end this scene with Lorelai returning with the underwear, and Emily is sitting there at the table, completely put together. She looks like as smooth as she ever does and she's asking where Lorelai went so it was almost it was pretty much Emily back to normal although she's still a bit I would say like downtrodden maybe she still has kind of a defeated air about herself yeah yeah But at least she has clothes on <laughs> the final scene of the episode is
0: the wake so we kind of mm-hmm. skip over the funeral and we have a few different kind of like micro scenes or I'm not sure what to call it, but they're vignettes, Vignettes, yes. We have a few <laughs> different vignettes. Um, what are the vignettes you think we should highlight? I think um, one I would mention from the top is that we meet Cousin Marilyn, mm-hmm. who Emily briefly mentioned before when they are at Trixes as someone who likes to pilfer the bar glasses, I guess. Yeah. And so we meet her here. She's very, like, over the top kind of glam older woman like she's very charismatic or at least thinks she is i don't know she's like mm-hmm. talking up a storm she's like telling all of these stories about tricks which um yeah she's just telling a bunch of stories she does at one point ask rory or lorelei like oh did you see some bar glasses while <laughs> you were over there and it, it was Lorelai who's like oh i don't know what
1: you're talking about so <laughs> it was a fun yeah. character to meet <laughs> i I gave the Marilyn scenes my gazebo moment because this is Tricks. Oh. It's the same actress. It's Marion Ross. She played Tricks, and she's playing Marilyn here. My God. I <laughs> thought she looked so familiar. Yeah. How just did shows I not the range that? <laughs> um oh. I feel like it gave, it's just like such a Amy Sherman Palladino type of thing that like gives kind of yeah. a attending your own funeral type of vibe to the whole thing. <laughs> where Trix has come back as Marilyn and this completely different kind of persona Uh to just talk Trix up (laughs) to everybody there. Um, I loved it. It it gives everything kind of a super whimsical feel and I thought it was such an interesting choice. I don't know that I've ever seen something like that and it is like they're dressed very differently. Their characters are obviously very different so it's kind of Easy to miss, but also there's like, even if you don't pick up on it right away, it's like there's an eerie kind of feeling about (laughs) Marilyn. I got the (laughs) eerie feeling.
0: Oh, that's so funny. I can't believe I didn't notice that. Yeah. That really (laughs) speaks to the way that styling relates so much to how Mm -hmm. you perceive age because Trix looks ancient to me. Yeah. Whereas Marilyn looks like, I'm like, yeah, she's an older woman, you know? And, I think I've seen before like the sex in the city women I believe yeah. might have been the same age as like some of the golden girls <laughs> yeah but they're yeah. just like you think of the golden girls as like oh they're lovably like quite
1: old you know but <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah it's true <laughs> but those were those are my favorite scenes there were a bunch of like funny stories that she told but we I don't think we need to go through all of them yeah but she does also appoint Lorelai as the reigning Lorelai yeah um, since Trix's name was Lorelai and she is now dead and someday someday Rory will be
0: the reigning Lorelai says (laughs) Lorelai which it it had me wondering do you think Rory's unborn baby if it's a girl do you think Rory would name her Lorelai oh my gosh
1: i would hope not but i have a feeling they would make they would make that happen <laughs> they and then she, but she'd have to have like a different nickname like Lori yeah, or Lore, something yeah lie i bet <laughs> it would be Lori, Lori, like from little women oh she could like
0: it could be a multi it could be a multi-sex name then if the nickname oh, is laurie yeah. it's either yeah, a it's little true. women reference or it's just like you know the name Lori. well that's fine um also within this I think at least it's important to know in terms of plot like Richard and Emily do seem to reconnect in this like Emily sends him over Manhattan and some hors d'oeuvres and then later she comes around to him and they talk and he talks about how oh you know we don't need to put tricks on the mantle after all and Emily clearly appreciates that and says you know whatever you want and they kind of like have a moment together and um So at least there's like some bit of resolution Mm -hmm. there for those two, which is nice to see.
1: Yeah, there's a depth of feeling in their relationship that can transcend their fight. Beautiful. That's beautiful. (laughs)
0: Okay. Yeah, we've reached the end of Trix's life and the episode. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I feel like we went on a lot of tangents, but it was fun.
0: (laughs) They were important.
1: It's all part of the process, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Who was your MVP for this episode?
0: I am going to pick Trix because I was quite interested by all that we learned about her, the little Mm -hmm. anecdotes and whatnot. She seemed like a quite cool person after all. And like, I'm going to be a fan of anyone who donated a whole ass like maternity ward, you know, and studied at the Sorbonne in Oxford. Like, that's so cool. So good for her. Um, You will be remembered and... Not forgotten,
1: yeah. <laughs> Those are redundant. I know. <laughs> uh, Rests in pieces. Yeah. How about uh, you? My MVP is gonna be Emily, I think. Very. Just because this is such an iconic episode for her, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I feel like she and Trix had such a contentious relationship if you honor one you gotta honor the other so that's very fair
0: (laughs) and i'm surprised that i'm the one doing the tricks of all people i
1: know i feel like
0: i've done tricks in the past yeah you were you like from the very beginning you um you like yeah you liked her more than i did yeah i appreciate the dynamic she builds in a scene (laughs) totally yeah i appreciate the effects of her i can agree to that as well (laughs) It's all a matter of perspective too, you know? Like if this was a trick centered show, I'd probably feel differently, you know? But here we are. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Maybe well, if they ever make a prequel, ooh, they can be do cool. the Richard and the Emily one, but they could also do a tricks
1: if they wanted. That would be interesting.
0: ASP does love to be in like what Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That was like yeah. the 50s, right? So tricks would allow her to do
1: that again. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Hmm, should pitch it. Food for thought, yeah. (laughs) Well, my cats are fighting behind me, so I feel like that means it's time to to log
0: off (laughs) to go. (laughs) All right, talk soon. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to
1: Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us and share us with your friends. Join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And
0: join the conversation by emailing us your thoughts, talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com.